Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org notes. Hello, everybody. I'm Kenneth Copeland. Welcome to Friday's edition of the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. Let's pray together. Father, we just praise you thank and you, thank Lord. you. Yes. All of us all over the world, we lift up our faith to you today and we connect with you by the Holy Spirit to receive revelation from heaven. We're looking for Jesus. We are receiving you, Lord Jesus, today. (laughs) Amen. It is an exciting thing. Everything comes into place when we know you. And we thank you for it, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Marilyn, bless you, darling. Thank you. My, this has been good all week. Lion it glow. It has. Oh been yeah, this is the, <laughs> this so has much. been so so wonderful. All week, um, Marilyn Hickey has blessed us by going through and leading us to see Jesus in every book of the Bible. Oh, thank you, Lord. Jesus is every book of the Bible. Mm -hmm. He is the Word of God. Amen. And today, I mean, we've gone through the Old Covenant and we got into the New Testament and we talked about uh, different ones, but today we're going to get in the fun part today. So, Marilyn, let's (laughs) let's dive in. I'm, I'm so... I'm looking so forward to this today. Well, you know, we saw the uh, breakdown of the New Testament. So I want to kind of go over that with you. Maybe you weren't watching yesterday or something, but the New Testament breaks into four segments. Basically, it is the Gospels. Then it has history in the book of Acts. Then it has epistles, who Jesus is in you. And then it has revelation, the end time events that tie in very well with Daniel. So put your hand on your heart. Say, I won't forget. I won't forget. forget. The four part breakdown. The four four part part breakdown. Of the New Testament. Of the New Testament. The Gospels. The Gospels. Gospels. History. History. Epistles. Epistles. And Revelation. And Revelation. Now today, we'll just look briefly at history at the book of Acts. Who wouldn't love the book of Acts? It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. If you go through, I won't say if, when you go through the book of Acts, you ought to mark all the miracles. Every chapter has a miracle in it. So the history of this early church is absolutely miraculous. And that's the life we are to live. We are to live in the miraculous. This is a supernatural life. My life is not natural. From 16 on to 82 and a half, I have the most supernatural life, and it gets more supernatural with my life, my age. So I want to encourage that to you. We live in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so if you're not filled with the Spirit, get in a Spirit-filled church, get filled with the Holy Spirit, get a new prayer language. You will just love every second of it. But then we have the epistles. Now, I like the epistles, and they're written by a number of authors. Paul writes most of them, but so does Peter, so does James, so did Jude, who were half-brothers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they really show us 
who Christ is in us, the hope of glory. And I like to memorize the epistles because mm, they are just who Jesus is. Right now, I'm doing Romans 8 again, and ah, oh, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. The law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets me free from the law of sin and death. What shall I say to these things? If God is for me, who can be against me? If God spared not his only son, but gave him up for us all, shall he not freely with him give us all things? All things. All Praise things. God. Praise all God. Things. Yes. Oh, with him. Yes. Jesus is in on it too, giving yes. them to us. But also, I want you to see the book of Revelation. Because a lot of people say, oh, I just don't read the book of Revelation. It scrambles my brain. Well, there's a whole blessing there that they're missing there. Yeah. Because it says, blessed are they that read and believe this. Exactly. Gospel. And it didn't say understand. <laughs> it no, said, it just read. said read it. Read it. <laughs> That's good. So even if you don't understand <laughs> That's it, a good point. read it. It's important. But let me just show you a simple way, I believe, to really understand the book of Revelation. And then I want you to see something in Revelation that really has to do with you and me today. I think we are especially blessed to be a part of end time events. You know, a lot of people think, oh, it's doom and gloom. Honey, no, no, I don't no. believe that at all. I believe it's a great victory time that we are living in. So yes, circumstances don't all look good. Yes, the newscasters aren't also positive, but we're living in this day and I'll give you a key of how to be victorious in it. Now, I'm going to show you kind of a plan. I think if you have a plan, you kind of know where you're going. So I have a plan with the book of Revelation. When you go into chapter one, I put it as a room and it's Jesus. You just see Jesus in this beautiful way. And so I'm setting this up like a house. So you go in, you see Jesus, you see the church, the candlesticks, all those good things. But then when you go into the second room of the house, you see chapters two and three. And I believe this is church history. I think it shows you the Ephesian church was very powerful. The first hundred years, you know, of the church were very powerful, but often, and I say this to you to keep you alert. Often the second generation Christian is not as on fire as those of us who got saved first. And they're raised in a Christian atmosphere. And so they kind of mm, know, don't know about first mm -hmm. love maybe. And so that's very important because it seems like the church of Ephesus has started good, but it kind of goes downhill. And when the church went downhill, then we go into the Smyrna church age, which Smyrna comes from myrrh, means crushed. So for almost two to 400 years, the church was very, very persecuted. But the church comes out of that in Pergamos. And so we begin to see where Constantine in the history he said, well, you know, let's worship Jesus along with everybody else. Put a cross on his flag. His mother told him about Jesus. He said, if I win with this cross on my flag, then I'll receive Jesus. So he won. And then he said, okay, we can accept Jesus with Jupiter and all the other junk. Can I say it like that? But 
Then we go into the church of Thyatira, which seemed like also a kind of a dark time when people didn't really know the word for themselves, didn't read the word for themselves. But Sardis is the escaping one. That's what Sardis means, the escaping one. And this is the timing of Martin Luther. And mm -hmm. when people began to get into the Bible and read the Bible and so speak with the word. When God began to restore truth to the church. Exactly. Oh, exactly. That's the Sardis escaping one. Yeah. Then we go into the church of Laodicea and Philadelphia, which I feel we're in both of these church times. There is a lukewarmness, you know, kind of a falling away, but also Philadelphia's brotherly love. Isn't it something? I was raised a Methodist. What am I doing in all this Pentecost and charismatic and all of that? You know, and probably maybe some of you are Baptist background, Presbyterian, Anglican, Catholic, who knows? And you say, what is it with me? I like the Pentecostals. I like the Baptists. I like them all because the Spirit of the Lord, you know, reveals Jesus in unity. We love each other. But in this timing, we're seeing that outpouring, but we're also seeing a lukewarmness. So I, I believe personally we're in the, that day. But then suddenly in chapter four, I'm going to put this up here. We see the rapture of the church. Now you feel free to disagree with me, you know, because some people say we're going to go through the tribulation. Some people say we're going to go through half of it. Some people say we're going to go before it. Now, I don't care just so we go. You know, yes, I don't right. get nervous. I have friends that don't believe like I do. And we love to talk about the Bible with each other and disagree, but we're just not disagreeable. So I believe the church goes up in the first rapture. Me too. That's what I believe. Because the trumpet sounds, chapter four, and then we begin to see the seven years of tribulation from heaven's view, viewpoint. We see the horses. And Revelation is quite a book of symbols and pictures. And I said that to the Lord one time. No wonder we get confused. We have all these dragons and horses and all these things going on, four-faced creatures. And, and the Lord said to me, but if I give you a picture, you can't change a picture. A horse 2,000 years from now will still be a horse. So pictures help us to picture also what he's saying to us. For, so for seven years, I see the tribulation coming on the earth. Wow, but where am I? I'm looking from up here, mm -hmm. down oh, here. Oh, praise God. And Thank so we see in that seven years, heaven's viewpoint of the seven years of tribulation. But then also, now we're in a tri-level house. Are you with me? Stay with me. We see that there are also people on the earth during this time of tribulation. Now, some people say to me, nobody will be saved in that time. I don't believe that. No, I don't either. Because it never says the Spirit of God is taken from the earth. Never. Right. And the Holy Spirit draws men and women. And so there will be people saved in this time. There will probably be very, very backslidden people maybe who will make a deep, fresh commitment. And so it appears to me in the middle of the tribulation will be another rapture of these saints. Mm -hmm. So what is God doing? We're seeing seven years of tribulation 
from Earth's viewpoint. So this is heaven viewpoint. This is Earth. And then, oh my goodness, in chapters 17 and 18, we see hell's viewpoint because we see great, great tribulation come on Satan's kingdom. How does he rule the world? He rules the world with false religion and he rules the world with greed. Mm. And so we see two Babylons here and one, you can tell is different from the other, is a false religious system. You know, works, you, some way if you work enough, you can make it. And that's what religion is, but we're not in religion, we're in relationship. Mm, Jesus so did it all for yes, us. Amen. And so now we see seven years of tribulation from three viewpoints. You say, well, I never heard of anything like that. But now wait a minute. You say, why would God do three viewpoints? Because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, everything is established. And so we're looking at it three times. Then we come out of the tribulation. Jesus comes. And so we are in the sixth room and we see some things that happen, how Satan's going to be bound for a thousand years and all of that. And so we're really into 19 and 20. And so, you know, we see that happening, the millennium, that. But then we come out of that into the seventh room, which is chapters 21 yes, and 22. And this... <laughs> this I'm really excited about because this is for us, I believe, especially today. Now, I look at the end in chapter 22, and if you go from 12 through 20, you will see that seven times he says, come, come. And it says something else. The spirit and the bride say, come. Folks, we haven't run out of lost people. We're not just trying to make it. We're trying. We also want to minister to lost people. Yes. And so it says the Spirit says come. So sometimes we just sit back and say, well, Holy Spirit, you deal with them. But it also says the bride. And sometimes we can get out there and try to win people and the Spirit hasn't really drawn them yet. So it's the double witness. I pray for God to draw people by the Spirit and then call them and talk to them. So one time I went to McDonald's <laughs> for coffee. And so I had prayed and the Lord said to me, I want you to go. I'm going to give you someone to lead to me today. So I'm sitting there drinking coffee, wondering who. I didn't see very many people. And this man comes in with all these tattoos and, you know, pretty wild looking. And he had his son, you know, and they didn't look like they'd be very open to the gospel. So I said, Lord, not them. Give me an old lady or something. <laughs> And the Lord said, them. <clears throat> so I went over to them. And remember, I've already prayed. And so I said to them, uh, would you mind if I talk to you? I was sitting here when you came in and uh, I'm a Christian. And I just felt like the Lord wanted me to come and give you a message from him. Do you have a problem? They said, no, no, we don't have a problem. And they both received the Lord. So it's the spirit and the bride. Seven times it says, come. Now, so we're in the age of inviting people to come, 
you say, well, that's all ages. That's right. But we're in this age. We say, come, come, come. And then in verse 22, well, let me read 20. This is the very end. He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Yes, I think that's a big you. prayer with all of us. Come, yes. Lord Jesus. Amen. But what do I do until he gets here? What do I do until the rapture? Okay, look at verse 21. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now, this is what we do, and this is what the Lord showed me. In 1 Peter, he talks about chapter 1, manifold manifold grace. So what is manifold? It's many classes, many sizes, many kinds. So if I held up my left hand and say there's middle-sized grace, there's tall grace, there's huge grace, there's small grace, there's tiny grace. So I have many sizes of grace, right? You may be in big trials today, little trials, or all of them. But he has the grace for every trial. Oh, that's but right. then he says there are manifold trials. So there's middle-sized trials, big trials, huge trials, small trials, tiny trials. But he has the right-sized grace mm, to go good. with the right-sized trial until yeah. Jesus comes. Oh, my, my. So, folks, I don't know what you're in today, but remember, it's his grace. And he all, grace takes you through and makes you victorious. And yes, we need yeah. to be passionate in this day to express and share the grace of Jesus to others. So I'm just going to tell you a little quick testimony here. I was in China and we got to have a healing meeting in a three-self church. So that's a church above ground. And uh, I, we had, I had 120 people with me. And the guide over them, very nice, pretty Chinese girl, you know, could speak English, probably in her 40s. So I said to her, uh, Cho, I'd really uh, like to have coffee with you. She said, I don't want to have coffee with you. And I said, well, what about lunch? She said, don't you get it? I don't want to have lunch with you. Mm -hmm. She said, I'm an atheist and you're a Christian. I said, well, come to church tonight. You know, we're praying for the sick and, you know. She said, I wouldn't even go in a church. I'm an atheist. Don't you get it? And mm. you know how sometimes you just don't get it. You have it in your heart. And so I went to church and we showed that night a big meeting in Pakistan. So the next morning she came to pick up all of our people for touring. So she said, I was at church last night and I saw that video of Pakistan. I couldn't believe it. I said, well, come back tonight. We're praying for the sick. I'm not coming back tonight. You never get it. I'm an atheist. I said, well, have coffee with me. She said, I don't want to have coffee with you. I said, well, how about lunch? You'll be through with the group. I don't want to have lunch with you. But you know, in my heart, I just couldn't give up. Couldn't give up. So that night I went and we had about 3,000 people. And I looked around. I didn't see her, but I get in the van. We're leaving. This is our last night. And here she comes running out. And I got out of the van, and the Lord said to me, Get her and get her now. So I said, Cho, do you have Jesus in your heart? I just real blunt. No. I said, Would you like to? She said, Yes. 
And she prayed and received Jesus. Well, <laughs> She's been water baptized. Her son is saved. I mean, powerful things going on. Folks, we have grace for this time. We want to win Praise the lost. God. You're not here to be a decoration only. I know you're good looking, but you're also here to be a declaration. And I just encourage you, when you go through the study guide, really look at Revelation. Really let Revelation be a revelation. And remember, you're blessed to read it. But this will help you have understanding. Kenneth, I believe this is going to be the most powerful day of winning the lost we have ever oh, seen. It's Praise the largest in-gathering of souls this oh, planet's yeah. ever seen. I'm, I'm totally convinced. Of I agree. Yeah. I agree. And the thing, the fact that you got it. She said, don't you get it? Well, you had it all along. <laughs> so you, you, you just keep loving. Oh, and you yeah. just Don't keep offering up. Jesus Don't and you up. keep telling people you love them. Uh, right. And it's just, it's, it's really startling sometimes how things work together for the good of those that love God, right. called according to His purpose. And that's right. us. Right. Hey, Marilyn, thank you, my darling. Oh, it yes. is so oh, wonderful. wonderful. This has been so good. I'm Praise the Lord. I love it. I love oh, the I word. Too. Love the word. Yes, I you do, do too. too. Amen. Yeah. We have like spirits. Amen. We'll be back in just a moment. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org/notes.